Hello there, uh, and welcome to another episode of Taking the Stand. Now, uh, as you might notice that, uh, you know, I'm in the grand studio called my car. Um, I'm, uh, you know, doing the show from the auspices and the grand scenario of the Mall of Africa parking lot. Uh, mostly because I'm bad at organizing my life, uh, but also because uh, I'm I'm really really excited that we could do this episode today, uh, and we found a way to do it because it is an important episode here on taking the stand where we try to look at the issues of freedom and justice, and we have been looking over the last few weeks at the issue of justice and social justice, how these things clash, how they coordinate, how if they do at all, and what they mean for us as South Africans. And an interesting little thing happened a few weeks ago, a few a week or two ago in uh, in America. Now, it might sound weird that in a, in a podcast about, you know, justice and social justice in South Africa, I'm going to talk uh, today to Nick Lorimer about the governor's election or the gubernatorial election in the American state of Virginia. But Bear with us. I am sure it will make sense. Nick, thank you very, very much for joining us here. Yeah, it's very good to be here. Excellent. So, cutting right to the chase. Um, we had, uh, in 2020, we had the presidential elections in, uh, in America where Donald Trump uh, was defeated by Joe Biden. And in the specific state that we're interested in today, the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, Joe Biden won that state by 10 percentage points. And yet something quite fascinating happened just a few days ago where the Republicans might find some hope. What is it that happened? So let me start off by just briefly mentioning why we should care. Uh, I think anyone who's been online at all and ever seen a political discussion online, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you'll see that people make a lot of references to the United States, regardless of where they are in the world. In fact, some people are so invested in American politics that they actually define themselves by the labels of American politics, Republican or Democrat, or I'm a Trump supporter, I'm a Biden supporter, I'm an Obama supporter, whatever. And so what happens over there really does inter uh, infect or, or affect the, uh, the climate and the way we talk about ideas and issues here. So it's kind of important to at least keep an eye on what's going there, because if something happens in the U.S., you know that in about maybe two or three months, there's going to be some kind of ripple effect down here in S.A. So with that in, in mind, uh, what we've seen in Virginia is that education, which is normally an issue that Democrats win because they propose lots of more government spending and uh, spending money on schools. It's usually an issue they do well on. But this time, they did very badly. In fact, parents came out by and large to support the Republican candidate who actually ended up winning, a guy called Youngkin. Strange name. But anyway, uh, Youngkin won in, in part for the education reason, he also won for a lot of other reasons, but let's focus on the education one because what it looks like happened is that parents in America and particularly in Virginia have become increasingly concerned with the direction that their kids' education had been going, particularly with regards to two things. One was how COVID-related closures of schools uh, were, were handled, particularly by teachers' unions. And the second one, which is also related to teachers' unions, is 
the curriculum regarding things like how race and history is taught in American schools. Now, a lot of these teachers unions are very on board with teaching a very uh, extreme radical view of American history and American race, uh, one that we usually refer to as critical race theory, although it's, it's more extensive than that, which essentially sees black people as permanent victims and white people as permanent oppressors. It's more nuanced than that, but at the end of the day, that's sort of what comes out of the sausage machine of, of, the, of the curriculum. And a lot of parents were very upset by this. They said, this is un-American. This is teaching our kids basically to be weird and uncomfortable about race, not actually uh, making them equipped for the real world or for, for cooperating with their fellow uh, citizens. And there was an enormous amount of pushback in school meetings, school board meetings, because parents decided to get involved. They were also very upset that a lot of these teachers' unions would close down schools if, say, one kid had COVID, uh, and they'd close the whole school, even though all the teachers were vaccinated, and uh, you know, increasingly these days a lot of the kids are vaccinated. So basically, parents were upset that their kids were being messed around by the people who were being paid to educate them. And these parents came out in huge numbers, and they voted in the Republican in what was quite a shocking defeat for the Democrats. Uh, as you said, a 10% uh, swing, which is not, not a common occurrence. It happens mm. from time to time. But uh, anyone who sees that in an election will tell you that that's a really big deal. And so probably I suspect what's going to happen from this is, and we saw, I, I don't know if, you, if anyone watched the news in 2020 uh, during the George Floyd protests and riots, you probably saw that this was, there was an idea being kicked around about defunding American police departments. And in fact, this spilled over into other countries around the world. There were even protesters in the UK and in Europe, and even a couple here, I think, who maybe were talking about changing the police department or, or, or uh, getting rid of them. And uh, this idea was so disastrous for the Democrats that it caused them significant harm in the 2020 election. So uh, apologies about that. Uh, uh, the moment you start talking about critical race theory, alarm bells just go off. And in the case of uh, our guest today, Nick, you know, it literally happened. So we had to do a slight re-edit. But Nick, uh, you were busy looking at how the effects of this Virginia election, driven by the sudden activity of parents, the Republicans suddenly dominating an issue, usually a Democratic issue, how that might play out for the party especially taking into account what happened in 2020 with the defund the police sort of thinking that really drove democratic activity. Right. So that message about defunding the police, uh, which was very popular for a brief amount of time among activists in the American Democratic Party, uh, hurt the party a lot at the, elec elec uh, the election. And as a result, the party pulled back from it in a very aggressive way. Uh, in fact, they tried to flip the script and say that it was really the Republicans who were in favor of defunding the police. Now, what was the result of that? It meant that the international pressure that was emanating from America in support of this idea suddenly disappeared, just went, and it was out of the public discussion. I haven't heard anyone <laughs> mention the idea of defunding the police basically in a serious way for the past couple of months now. Now, 
I think that what we might see is some interesting uh, similarities in how the Democratic Party is going to respond to the issues around teachers unions and around uh, critical race theory. These are both issues in South Africa, although the teachers unions one is a much bigger problem, of course, because it affects so many schools. But in our private schools, we're also seeing critical race theory because of American influence beginning to sort of creep in around the edges. So I wouldn't be surprised if what we see now is because the Democrats in America are pulling back from the idea, there's going to be less pressure on South African schools and, and people to, to adopt some of these ideas. And there might be an opportunity for parents to really push back if they're concerned by the way that teachers are running their schools or they're concerned by the way that teachers are or what their teachers are teaching their kids. I must say the the this uh, episode of of the surprise win of the Republican candidate in the Virginia uh, governor election governorship election really boils down to the, those two things that you just mentioned. Firstly, um, what can be accomplished if one understands where ideas come from and why ideas become infectious? Uh, that 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 helps you understand right what to look out for in this you know give and take this tug of war of ideas and i think it's a i think you're absolutely right with with the political damage that critical race theory might have now incurred on the democrats one of the key driving factors in the world for critical race theory has now sort of lost a lot of momentum and might even lose potency going forward so i think that's a key thing to understand if you're looking at these ideas of social justice, justice, how they work in the world, and how that, of course, affects South Africa. But the thing that really encourages me here um, is related to this, but it is wonderfully related to taking the stand in the sense that what happened here was unexpected, dramatic political change came about because people got involved um, and uh, especially parents got involved now in South Africa um, parental involvement is actually quite limited just because the state has such a dominance over education and teachers unions have such a dominance over uh, you know what goes on in schools do you think that there are some lessons to be learned here on these uh, these, uh, you know, the, the possibility that sudden active involvement from stakeholders in an issue of freedom or justice can actually move the dial. Hundred percent. There is this kind of idea that floats about in in, in political circles that uh, if voting did anything, if activism did anything, they'd make it illegal, and that's really not true. The reality is that when people stand up, when they go to the polls, when they vote on an issue, when they uh, make their voices heard in public forums, in protests, and in the media, you find that the dial does change and that people react and you can actually get real change to happen. So I think the lesson that should be taken from this by uh, from South for South African parents is that if you go out, if you get involved, if you vote for the politicians who support the ideas that you think will improve your kids' education, if you get involved in the, uh, in the, the school associations and, and uh, in talking to your teachers and making sure that everything is run well in your kids' schools, you can make a real impact on the quality of your kids' education. And that doesn't just help you and your family, but it also even helps the country. 
because at the end of the day, if a lot more parents did that, we'd be in a lot better place. And I think that's the that's I mean I mean Nick, you've probably faced this question uh, with with people coming to you as someone of the IRR. Um, you know, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? How can we get involved? What can we do? And it's it's sort of an unsatisfying question to answer um, because oftentimes the answer is just let's do the basics. Get informed. If 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 you've got a kid in school, get informed about what's being taught in your child's school. Um, if you right. care about a municipal budget, understand what it's spent on. So just basic involvement really is that first step. Right. Uh, you need to do that. And then you need to show up. And that often means showing up to things that are very boring. Uh, and, you know, we're busy. A lot of people who are not involved in, in politics and discussions and all that stuff like we are, they have busy lives. They're not interested in doing this sort of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a sacrifice that's worth making when the stakes are so high as, for example, for your kid's education. Uh, so definitely show up because that's half the battle won already. And uh, mm. often you'll find that these kind of bad ideas or these like ineffective organizations only survive because they show up and no one else does. If you show up, yeah. you immediately lessen their impact. And I think people on university campuses can really attest to this. I mean, I saw this happen personally, is whenever there was a political discussion or a discussion about what direction the faculty should go, it was the radicals who showed up. And it was the radicals with ideas outside of the mainstream who showed up because people within the mainstream sort of thought, well, common sense will probably carry the day. Do I want to spend an hour and a half boringly chatting to the dean or do i want to spend an hour and a half studying or drinking a beer with buddies and that sort of complacency is really starting to bite us in the behind when you're part of this moderate middle um so so ah oh, that's that, that, i mean that's perfect advice it is, is if it's if you care enough about this care enough about it to do the boring uninteresting non-glamorous, unfabulous, weird stuff that actually begins to look like taking the stand. So a, a, a last question, perhaps, uh, uh, to you. With this idea of civic engagement being, you know, one of the untapped resources, where do you start when you're just a citizen let's say let's make it a bit abstract and a bit general you're not necessarily a parent wanting to get involved in the school governing decision or school policy if you're just a citizen and you want to take that first step of saying you know i've outsourced politics long enough to the politicians you with a background in actually representing people in ward councils or, or you know municipal councils What's a constructive first step of involvement? I think one of the first things is we do actually have some uh, local media outlets, things that like cover your local suburb. Now, they're not always the greatest quality, these things, but they can give you a pretty good sense of what some of the issues in your area are and what people are saying about them. So first, read that stuff, find out what's going on exactly around you. Secondly, um, Look, look out for media, look out for organizations that are discussing issues that you really care about. It can be anything, right? It can be, uh, yeah, fan. You can support fan. Um, 
you can also look out for, you know, if there's someone talking about potholes in your area, if there's someone talking about improving security in your area, if there's someone talking about uh, economic opportunities in your area, whatever it is, uh, find out who those people are, find out who that group is and get involved. Uh, if they have the wrong ideas, then do your own thing. But the main thing is to get involved and to get knowledgeable. doesn't matter what the issue is, doesn't matter what your views are, you need to start there and then you can move forward. I think that's the perfect note uh, on which to end this weird parking garage hosted uh, episode of Taking the Stand. It's not a parking stand, but it might be. But it is really uh, the basics that get things done. And if you ever wonder, you know, what's the point of all this? Well, I think a few hundred thousand or a few thousand parents in Virginia showed us what could happen if, you know, a few people start caring about what's going on getting informed, and then, as Nick says, showing up. See you next week, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode of Taking the Stand. And try, perhaps in this week between now and when we chat again next time, to see where you can could, in a small way, become involved in a community, in the political change, in the pressure we need to see. Because we have to t- take part in this fight, because your freedom, at the end of the day, is worth fighting for. All the best. See you next week.